Support for TPR comes from Texas Biomed, an independent nonprofit infectious disease research institute focused on understanding the complexities of human health through science. Learn more about global health at texasbiomed.org. I'm Felicia. I live in uh, the Heights neighborhood of Houston, and I have a little baby girl. She's five and a half months old. So uh, what, what kind of questions do you, you want to ask as far as everything over the past year? Why don't you start by telling me about your baby? Every mom loves to do that. <laughs> That's a good place to start. Um, let's see. Addie is what we call her Addie. And uh, and she was just been, it's just been such a pleasure to see her grow. And she's she's just her little personality is just shining every single day. It's something new and exciting to her. And even if she's seen the same toy a hundred times, she still somehow finds a way to look at it in a new way or play with it in a new way. So um, right now she's learning to crawl which has been kind of a, um, a challenge for us. We actually had to build a little playpen inside of our uh, our living room. We live in a townhome, so there's limited space anyway, but um, we found a space in our, in our living room for her to just kind of wander around away from the dogs, you know, no dog hair in there. <laughs> uh, and she's just been, you know, a blessing through everything. Everything, of course, is the pandemic. Felicia Perez and her husband Ernesto found out they were going to have a baby during the 2020 summer surge in Texas when we still knew relatively little about COVID and pregnancy. Were they planning to get pregnant? You know, I, I get that question a lot and I I didn't necessarily plan it <laughs> per se, but I, uh, I, I was, I mean, me and my husband have been married for five years and we're like, you know, it's probably about time. So we got off the birth control and we're like, well, what, what happens will happen. And it did, thankfully, uh, after about a year. And um, yeah, she wasn't she wasn't necessarily like planned, like you know, ch- checking every single month. But you know, we were hoping, we were, it was, we were hopeful that it might, that it would happen. And when Felicia got that positive pregnancy test, I was so excited. Uh, <laughs> But also there, just underneath the joy, was the awareness that the world was experiencing the greatest public health crisis in 100 years. And Felicia and her husband were going to have to navigate this pregnancy through those rough waters. Um, I think the first the first time we actually even really thought of, of that, because we were we were working it from home, both of us at the same time. So we already kind of, you know, had that kind of dread feeling. We knew that we couldn't go out anywhere anymore. Add that to the long list of things a person can't do when they're pregnant. You know how when you're pregnant, you know, they tell you, you can't eat sushi. You can't, you know, eat deli meat. You know, you can't, you can't do all of these things. You can't drink alcohol. You can't do all of this. And now it was, it was just an extra thing that I can't do. <laughs> It's like, okay, I can't go out to a restaurant. I can't go to, um, you know, should I go to a big crowd at all? Should I even go to the park? That was a question. Um, And it wasn't just me anymore. It's not what I can't do anymore. It's also what my husband can't do because he can't go to networking events. He can't do this. He can't do, he has to watch where he goes. And, uh, you know, so it was, we're both in it together whenever we were in the thing. Because if he got, if he got sick, he got COVID going out, he would come home and bring it to me. Because last summer, 
Well, what we knew then about COVID and pregnancy was reassuring, relatively speaking. Other viruses like rubella and more recently Zika can cause catastrophic birth defects. You're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like the Zika virus with my baby. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we didn't know how it would impact. And honestly, there weren't enough studies at the time to uh, to really tell us one way or the other. They were also worried about COVID and potential pregnancy complications. The, the real seriousness of the issue is that if I got COVID, especially early in the pregnancy, um, a, a high fever, even, if, even a flu, um, anything that causes you to have a high fever, it can cause serious complications for the baby. And I just I didn't want to go through that. So Felicia and Ernesto mostly stayed holed up at home learning, as we all did, about conveniences like curbside grocery pickup. Which was really helpful and convenient. And we still do it. <laughs> it's so much better than going in the store and and uh, you know, just shop through the aisles. And I was like, okay, why, why didn't we do this sooner? We had to wait till the pandemic for this, you know, something that's convenient as, as a pickup uh, at a grocery store to happen. If Felicia was pregnant today, she says she'd just get a vaccine, but that wasn't available last summer. So they had an isolated pandemic pregnancy and prepared for an isolated pandemic birth. The, the biggest difference was that our family couldn't be there. We, we were actually okay with, with that portion, but I just wanted to make sure he could be in the room. Um, and I also wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be in isolation because if I got COVID, you know, whenever I was, um, whenever I, if I, if I was tested positive for COVID going in there, then they would isolate me completely. And so I, I just couldn't imagine that affecting my birth experience where, you know, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be having to push with a mask on or, um, you know, they would be having to, to pretty much dress in hazmat suits while trying to deliver my baby. Can you imagine? Like, it was like just all the mental images with that. Uh, I, 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 I didn't want to go through that. When Felicia went to the hospital in labor, among the things her healthcare team did to prepare her for delivery was give her a COVID test. It would determine how things proceeded from there. That was one of the hardest things because, uh, I mean, no one can really prepare you for what contractions will feel like, right? <laughs> They they tell you, oh, it feels like a pain, a little bit more than just cramp. And then like, uh, it's, it's a lot more than just a cramp. <laughs> and they will cheer me in. And, um, I mean, they, they stick this, this swab up my nose so quick. I mean, it, but the thing is, you're so, so much pain through the contractions. I can't even like, I'm like, well, do what you got to do. Like stick me with needles. I don't care. Like just get it done. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it came back uh, as soon as it came back negative, which was about an hour later. They said, you know, take off your mask. You're fine. And, um, and the, the nurses still wore masks and the doctors still wore masks. But um, but I could actually take mine off, which was a big relief. And then <coughs> Addie Perez made her way into the world. Oh, geez. <laughs> um well, when she arrived, it was, the, it was the biggest relief and feeling um, that she was finally here. Oh, that's better, isn't it, babe? And I'm just like, there's this, this being now that, you know, we, we both created. Like, she's mine. <laughs> I can't believe it. Really, it's that, that immediate relief and then just joy that you, you know, she's there, she's crying and she's just looking at you, even though she, I don't even know what she can really see, but um, 
you know, knowing that she's healthy, I count her all of her toes and, and under in her fingers, um, you know, just to make sure that she was healthy and, and uh, it, it's, it couldn't have been a better experience than that. So yeah, that was, that was uh, a really special moment. In the time of COVID, Addie was born full term, strong and healthy. But if her parents hadn't taken so many precautions and Felicia had gotten COVID, doctors now understand much more clearly the risks both she and Addie might have faced from a greater risk of severe disease, hospitalization, and death for Felicia to preterm birth and all of its associated dangers for Addie. COVID and pregnancy do not go well together. But now we also have tools to dramatically reduce the risks. So let's dig in and sort through what we now know about COVID-19 and pregnancy with someone who treated some of the first pregnant Americans to get the disease at the very start of the pandemic and has been treating them ever since. This is Petri Dish from Texas Public Radio. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Today, a conversation with the Director of Maternal Fetal Medicine at NYU Langone Health, Dr. Ashley Roman. New York City was swept up in the first crush of COVID patients in the U.S. back in the spring of 2020. And Dr. Roman was among the healthcare workers on those front lines. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I think to many extent, we have a little bit of PTSD from last spring, just simply because of how quickly the pandemic came on and how quickly we had to kind of navigate what was at the time an unknown infectious disease to us. What was COVID-19? What could it do to those who were pregnant, to their fetuses? Some viruses have devastating consequences for pregnancies. They all wondered. They were all rushing to find out. Did this coronavirus have similar power? Well, at the beginning, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, the first thing was trying to anticipate any possible effect that COVID could have on pregnant women. Um, just at least based on what we knew about other coronaviruses. So uh, based on other viruses in pregnancy, we knew at the time that pregnant women tend to get sicker just simply because of changes in the immune system that allows them to tolerate the fetus. So we knew that there was going to be a significant possibility that pregnant women, when they got COVID, were going to become more sick, more likely to need hospitalization. The big unknown at the time was the, the effect of the virus on the fetus. And the good news is we've learned that the fetus is essentially an innocent bystander. It's not affected directly by the virus. It's more affected by the effect of the virus on the mother. So the virus doesn't seem to cross the placenta except in rare cases. So that's excellent news, right? We now know that unlike the viruses that cause rubella or Zika, the COVID virus doesn't seem to cause catastrophic birth defects in babies. Roman confirmed this. Well, what we do know right now is that there have been studies in tens of thousands of women and in those tens of thousands of pregnant women, they're ha they haven't seen any signs or increased risk of birth defects. So yes, while something could come up down the road, particularly as the virus is evolving and we're seeing more variants of the virus, it's, it's possible that we could start seeing fetal effects, but, but we haven't noticed any to date 
um, any specific birth defects related to the virus. And I think that's very reassuring in terms of the baby's development. But that is not to say COVID presents no risk to pregnancies and babies. Yeah, the biggest risk to the pregnancy itself from the mother getting COVID is related to preterm birth. And um, preterm birth occurs in women who have COVID through several pathways. One is women may be more likely to go into labor. So anytime the body's fighting off an infection, um, it just releases all these inflammatory mediators and they can stimulate contractions that can cause a woman's water to break. So all of those things increase their chances of a woman going to labor early. On the flip side, it can lead to other problems in pregnancy like high blood pressure, preeclampsia, blood clotting disorders that might lead the doctors to want to deliver the baby early. And then the last consideration that's causing a lot of preterm births is really stabilizing the mother. Dr. Roman, what do you mean when you say stabilizing the mother might lead to preterm birth? When you think about it, if a mother's having trouble breathing, she's got this big baby in there pushing up on her diaphragm, pushing up on her lungs. And sometimes as a very last resort, uh, doctors need to deliver the baby just to enable um, to enable us to oxygenate the mother sufficiently. So, But that's a very much a last resort. So just imagine being extremely pregnant, large, ungainly, uncomfortable, then add being desperately sick and struggling to get even the smallest breath. Imagine, if you can, having all this be true and to be sedated and intubated or having to have your baby delivered early so you have a better chance of surviving. Imagine that. When the Centers for Disease Control says pregnant women are at increased risk of severe illness, those are among the scenarios they're talking about. And the body of research continues to grow linking COVID and preterm birth. The largest study to date on the topic was published in the medical journal The Lancet Regional Health Americas at the very end of July. Researchers looked at everyone who gave birth in California between July of last year and January of this year and found that those with a COVID-19 diagnosis on their baby's birth certificate had a 60% increase in the risk of very preterm birth, which occurs before 32 weeks of pregnancy, a 40% increase for preterm birth between 32 and 37 weeks, and a 10% increased risk for early-term birth in weeks 37 and 38 of a typical 40-week pregnancy compared with those with no COVID-19 diagnosis. And that was before Delta. So, Dr. Roman, is Delta changing the game in pregnancy as it is in most other fronts of this pandemic? In New York City, we are seeing more patients, uh, more pregnant women who are um, contracting COVID during pregnancy related to the Delta variant. For the first time in a long time, we have more people being admitted to the hospital, um, including pregnant women. Um, What I think, in my opinion, makes the Delta variant so concerning is that how um, how more transmissible it is and how more associated it can be with severe illness than the original virus that we were facing. Um, luckily, in our population, um, 
we have a pretty high vaccination uptake rate from our pregnant women. So that is helping what we're seeing. And just to remind people that vaccination doesn't eliminate the possibility of having COVID illness, but it's really intended to prevent severe disease. It's really intended to keep people out of the hospital and it's doing its job even with with the Delta variant in that aspect. Okay, so let's talk about the vaccines. Have you been telling your patients to get them? Yeah, our counseling has really evolved, particularly over the past six months. When uh, the COVID vaccines were first released in December, we had very little information at our fingertips when it came to the vaccine and pregnancy. And we were just trying to give patients a balanced sense of what we knew and what we didn't know about the vaccine and pregnancy. We have a whole lot more data now, though. And the data we're seeing now is that the vaccine and pregnancy is not associated with any increased adverse effects in the in the fetus. Um, it does seem to be protective against severe illness in the, in the mothers. And at this point in time, we are recommending that our pregnant women get the um, either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine during pregnancy. Um, and I think that's the best thing women can do during pregnancy right now to prevent themselves from getting COVID illness. Tell me about the science that supports that recommendation. Right. So when the original studies were done looking at the efficacy of the COVID vaccines, they did not they they did not include pregnant women. While some women ended up being pregnant during the the run of the trials, um, the study really did not focus on that population. What we do now based what we do know now based on retrospective data and like data based on our experience with the vaccine is that it seems to be safe. It doesn't seem to be associated with any any risk of preterm birth. Um, Women are developing antibody levels. Those antibodies are crossing to to the baby. So the data we have right now is based on our experience or retrospective studies on the vaccine in pregnant women. There are prospective trials that are starting up looking at the vaccine in pregnant women, and, and hopefully over time, we'll gather a whole lot more information. But I think when it comes to the question of to vaccinate or not to vaccinate during pregnancy, I think we have to remember what a un- unique time this is. We're not talking about the flu. We're, t- we're living in a, a historic pandemic that is is killing hundreds and thousands of people. And so it it does make this time a little bit different and some of the considerations more different, Um, just simply because the risk of getting COVID and getting illness is so much higher than for say, say like the flu. So it sounds like you're telling pregnant women that along with increasing your folate intake and, you know, avoiding sushi, they should also get their COVID vaccines. That's absolutely right. I mean, and, and even, you know, it, when it, the other risk of, of COVID, if you get COVID illness during pregnancy, it also seems to increase the risk of miscarriage. Whereas the vaccine, there's some studies looking at pregnancy outcomes, early pregnancy outcomes in women who receive the vaccine, and, and there's no increased risk of miscarriage. So, so getting the vaccine really, it can't protect you from having some of these complications if you were to get COVID. The CDC also recommends pregnant women get their COVID vaccines, as does the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists and the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine. However, there is a persistent concern about the COVID vaccine among some people, some who are pregnant and some who are thinking about getting pregnant. And, you know, 
It's understandable. Someone else's life depends on your choices. This is a novel coronavirus and the mRNA vaccines that most Americans are getting to protect themselves against it, though it's been in development for many years, is new to human populations. So there are fears in some that the shots might cause infertility or miscarriages. What have you seen in New York, Dr. Roman? So we've seen no infertility and no no miscarriages related to the vaccine. And, and I know there's a lot of misinformation out there about whether the, the, um, whether the protein that the vaccine targets is similar to um, a protein in the placenta. And so there's a lot of misinformation out there that in theory, the vaccine can lead to an increased risk of miscarriage or poor implantation of pregnancies. And and we're just not seeing that. And nor, nor does the science really plausibly support that. Tell me about that. Are you talking about the spike protein that the vaccines target? There's a similar protein in human placenta? Very, very minimally. Very minimally. Um, there is a protein called syncytin-1 protein. And very the genetic material that encodes that protein is distantly, very, very distantly related to one of the proteins on um, the COVID virus. So there was a German doctor who hypothesized that perhaps giving the vaccine to women trying to get pregnant could increase the risk of miscarriage. But honestly, again, that's just not something that the science supports, either in theory or in practice. Let's talk about antibodies, the proteins in the blood that fight invaders like viruses. Babies and those who give birth to them have a unique relationship, and a fetus and a newborn get a lot of immune support from it. People are advised to get vaccines like the flu and whooping cough vaccines because babies do get some immunity from it, too. Breastfeeding also confers some immune protection to infants. Now, I know that NYU is part of an NIH-sponsored study that is looking at how much protection infants get after birth from a COVID vaccine given to their parent during pregnancy. But what do we know at this time about COVID and the transfer of antibodies? So what's, we are learning that antibodies are crossing the placenta and going to the baby. So we are learning that if the mother gets COVID during pregnancy or if she's vaccinated during pregnancy, those antibodies are crossing the placenta and going to the, going to the baby. And we're, we're detecting these antibodies in cord blood in, in very high levels. So that, that is super exciting and it seems to confer some degree of protection to the, to the newborn. We think that there are also antibodies in the breast milk. Um, But more studies need to be done on this. Do we know how long this type of protection might last? You are raising all the hot questions because actually that's one of the goals of the NIH study is to see both for mom, for both, both for moms who've been vaccinated during pregnancy and for infants born to moms who are vaccinated, how long those antibodies stick around. Uh, what we do know from other viruses like the flu is that if a mother's been vaccinated against the flu during pregnancy, it protects the baby from respiratory disease during the first six months of life. Our hope our hope is this, that this will be the same with COVID, but, but honestly, we don't know, and that's the goal of the ongoing studies. So it's been a year and a half, and early on in the pandemic, some doctors were saying, you know, if you're trying to have a baby, maybe just wait a little bit till we get a better sense of what's going on. Um, what's your advice now, though, about whether people should get pregnant now 
or wait? So I, I advise my patients to get pregnant on their timeline. If, if this time is right for you, there's no reason to delay. But I, I do strongly advise that if a woman has not gotten the COVID vaccine before, um, before they should be getting it before they conceive. So they can even get it while they're trying to conceive, but they should be going into pregnancy with that layer of protection. Before I let you go, Dr. Roman, I'm interested in asking about what this year and a half plus now has been like for you, you know, not as a doctor, but as a person. You know, I think it's hard. Um, It's been hard for everybody. You you worry about your patients, but you also worry about yourself. And while pregnancy is one risk factor for severe illness, we, we also know that there are a lot of other factors out there too. You know, God bless the person out there who doesn't have a comorbidity. Most of us do have a, a have some health issue that that we worry about, and we worry about whether or not COVID will make that worse. So, um, I think this has been a very very stressful time for everybody. Yeah, I don't think anybody has escaped the stress of all this. And just when we thought it might be easing, along came Delta, right? So so do you have anything else to add on pregnancy or parents or babies or anything that I haven't touched on? No, I think you hit all the hot topics. But, um, you know, just when we think, just just when we think things are getting better, things kind of take a turn. And and I think if if, we, if we've learned nothing else is that we can't predict what's going to happen with this virus and we have to remain adaptable. Thank you so much, Dr. Roman. So when I was about 34 weeks pregnant, I, I was huge. I, I looked like a, a weeble and I got a cold and it was awful. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't get comfortable at all at any time of the day. I was unhappy and I hated every miserable minute of it. And that was just a cold. I can't even imagine how agonizing it must be to be pregnant and have COVID, even if it doesn't land you in the hospital, which it very well may. There's an increased risk of severe COVID, an ICU stay, the need of a ventilator to breathe. COVID also increases the risk of miscarriage, preeclampsia, for which the only treatment is delivery, and preterm birth. And while we're still learning now how these numbers may change with a better understanding of the impact of the Delta variant on pregnancy, we do know that since Delta is far more contagious than previous variants, it's far easier to get for everyone, including people who are pregnant. So more people are at risk than ever before. All of these risks can be reduced by getting a vaccine. All of them. So if you're thinking about getting pregnant, get a vaccine. If you are pregnant, talk to your doctor who knows your situation better than anyone. They'll likely advise you to get a vaccine. If you have a newborn, protect them from COVID by getting a vaccine and making sure everyone they come in contact with is vaccinated. If you can't do this, or you won't do this. Protect yourself in the way that Felicia and Ernesto protected themselves and Addie back before there was a vaccine. Isolate as much as you can 
and mask up and keep your distance from other people when you can't. Because if you're pregnant and get COVID, it might be like my cold. It might just make you miserable. But unlike my cold, COVID has the potential of becoming something much, much worse. This episode of Petri Dish was produced by me. Our executive producer is Fernanda Cabarena. Sound design and music by Jacob Rosati. Edited by TPR News Director Dan Katz. Special thanks to Mark Mehmet for his continuing contributions to the show. Petri Dish is a production of TPR and the Texas Newsroom, a collaboration between public radio stations across Texas and NPR. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Talk to you soon.